Welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy. I'm your host, Paula Jenkins. I invite you to join me as we explore how inspiring people have chosen joy in their lives and what they have to share with us about how to jumpstart joy in the world. Plus, how do we follow our own hearts, find work that lights us up while mindfully noticing the role joy plays in our own journey. Welcome to episode 143. This is Paula Jenkins, the host of Jumpstart Your Joy. This week on the show, you guys, I am really excited to have Jill Stanton of Screw the 9 to 5 joining me. Jill is a lifestyle entrepreneur with an amazing podcast and a very cool community that she runs with her husband, Josh. And we just have a really fun conversation about the nuts and bolts of what it takes to create and then build a business, an online business in today's world. You'll just love Jill. I adored her very no-nonsense style and we laugh a lot throughout this interview, so I know you guys are really going to enjoy it. I hope that you all are having an amazing summer. My family and I are just back from London, England, and we toured quite a bit If you want to check out pictures of our trip, they are up on Instagram, and so I would love to have you guys comment or let me know what you're up to this summer as well. If you are new here, I would like to give you a very warm welcome and say thank you so much for tuning in this week. You can find the website for the podcast at jumpstartyourjoy.com, and every week I also do show notes. This one will be jumpstartyourjoy.com forward slash Jill Stanton. You'll find links to her site and some other thoughts and commentary along with everything that we talk about. So it's a bunch of really awesome things that she outlines as to-dos for early entrepreneurs. So you're really going to want to check that out at jumpstartyourjoy.com forward slash Jill Stanton. If you like what you hear and you have not yet subscribed, first, why not? And second, you can find Jumpstart Your Joy at all of the regular podcasting applications, Apple Podcasts, which is also iTunes, or Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, Player FM, just to name a few. You can subscribe there and always leave a comment. I love to see them. And thank you, thank you in advance for doing that. If you guys are interested in starting a podcast of your own, which I get a lot of questions about, I have updated my podcasting fundamentals class, which will give you the basics of the hardware and software that you'll need to start your own show, along with some of the mindset things that happen when you're starting out a new show. It's, you know, it can be a little intimidating to put your voice out there. And so that is what this course is all about. You can find it on the homepage under classes, and it is podcasting fundamentals. And of course, if you sign up, you are automatically going to get information when I start my boot camp, which is Jumpstart Your Podcast, and that'll be started August 1st. And so without further ado, let's jump to that conversation with Jill Stanton. Welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy. Today, I am so excited to have Jill Stanton of Screw the 9 to 5 on. Welcome to the show, Jill. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I'm pumped to dive in. Yeah, yeah. Well, so the first question I ask absolutely everybody is, what did you love most as a child or in school? What were your earliest sparks of joy? Mm, Definitely dance routines. Mm. (laughs) Torturing my sister with my made up dance routines that she had no choice but to participate in. And then outside (laughs) of that, I was a big baseball player. So I, I played baseball all my life. So those are the two that immediately come to mind. 
That is so awesome. My sister and I and our next door neighbors used to do, you know, full on like drama productions. (laughs) So much Any kid who ever played with me had no choice. (laughs) (laughs) That's the best. Yes. I wore pantyhose on my head as daddy wore bucks once. So good. Awesome. What is it you that really you really committed? <laughs> it was a, it, I was all in on that role completely. I mean, I cut off the legs, but the rest, you know, I didn't realize there was such thing as a bald cap. So, and it, <laughs> true entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah, I was just going to say you're innovative. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! So, would you also explain if people are not familiar with your work, what is it that you do now? Yeah, so Josh and I run a brand called Screw the 9 to 5, and it's essentially where we help people get more attention and traffic to their brands, make more money, and get more out of their life. So cool. And I love your site, and I love your podcast, too. It's it's so, yeah, I mean, it's like this great blend of, like, personal and informative, as is the site. Like, everything about you guys, it's really, it's a refreshing mix, so. Thank you so much. That means a lot. Yeah, yeah. I know you guys had kind of an interesting path to getting to mm. full-blown screw the nine to five. Mm-hmm. Would you like to walk us through that? I know my audience loves a good backstory because so many of them are in the beginning stages and it's inspiring to hear like how do people get to where they are? Yeah. So when I first met Josh, he was actually living in Beijing, China, running his software team because he, he had a software business previously and an online course business with a previous partner who I had met in Toronto, and I was already moving to Australia. And so they kind of introduced us. And so he was doing that. I was bartending. And Mm -hmm. when I finally moved over to Australia, which I moved over with a girlfriend of mine, not for a man, just putting that out there. (laughs) (laughs) Once I finally started seeing him in like his day to day work routine, I was going to the bar and like slinging drinks until 3am. And this fool was like, making all this money, having all this freedom. And I was like, what am I doing wrong here? But I actually eventually ended up my first ever client or my first ever service was to my bar, the dude who owned the bar that I worked at. He was looking to kind of use social media to promote his venues more. And I had worked in hospitality for 15 years at that time. So I was like, I could do that. And so I pitched this like comprehensive package that covered all three venues of his and he said yes which I wasn't expecting and just like that I had a business so that got me out of bartending but it was a trading dollars for hours kind of service-based business and again I was watching Josh who literally would do like these rocking launches or had his software income coming in and I was just like why am I not like why (laughs) am I working so much and this fool has all this freedom and around the same time we were both becoming a bit disenchanted with our businesses Josh was wanting to go a different direction from him and his partner and I was really starting to hate the service side of things so we just decided to like what would this look like if we we tried working together like if we started our our own website and so in like the very beginning of 2012 we started our first ever affiliate website. It was a skincare website, which was hilarious because I made Josh test out products with me um, (laughs) so that we could review them. But it worked really well. And from there, we started a beauty website. And from there, we started a health and kind of like a weight loss website. And from there, we just got into so many different niches until we had about 30 different affiliate websites. And we had replaced our incomes and all that kind of stuff. And so people naturally started asking, like, what are you guys doing? Like, you, mm-hmm. you're making money, you're traveling, but I don't see you working a job. And so it was actually like the one week where you're not supposed to work, i.e. our wedding week. 
at the end of 2012 and we were just like sitting on our balcony it was I think it was the day before our wedding guests were due to arrive in Costa Rica and we we're sitting on the balcony having a few Costa Rican rums and we were talking about the fact that we were moving to Thailand a month later and we wanted a way to share that journey because we were getting all these questions like what do you guys do and how are you making money and do you even work anymore and all this kind of stuff and so we we're like but what would we call this site and you know a few rums and I'm like Screw the nine to five. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, oh my God, is that available? Yeah. Checked it, registered it, and truthfully did nothing with it for probably four months because we didn't really know what it was. Like, mm. we just had that idea and the name was too good to let go. Mm-hmm. But we had this other business. So we kind of just like winged it with it. And it was in the beginning, if you were to look back at any of our beginning content, it's essentially like a travel blog. <laughs> like there's mm. travel videos and I didn't really know what the F I was doing. And so it's just been a process of like figuring out what this brand is and like throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what works, amping that up and cutting what doesn't. And mm-hmm. so it's it's been an interesting five years, but I mean, Ugh, I'm yes. loving it. Well- it was so interesting because I know like so many people who are just starting out, they they see where you are now mm-hmm. and they, they it's so easy to make the assumption of like, oh, yeah, they I mean, we, and totally respectfully said, like you planned it this way. But I think the truth of so many people's stories, I mean, mine included, is like you don't really know. You just start taking the first steps. I mean, you have a general direction, but yeah. you kind of pivot and change as you go. I don't know. Do you have advice for people who are in that like? But I want to be there. But how do I, I don't know, how do they just start other than just starting? Yeah, well, like, that's the easiest way. Like, just start, period, to start. (laughs) And I know it's so frustrating to say that, but it is the solution. And if not, you're going to get in your own way. I really think, like, getting out of your own way and, like, starting imperfectly, not worrying if it's perfect. Like, if you were to go through our old stuff, you would see how ridiculous it is. Or if you were to ever find one of our old affiliate websites and like read the content I used to write back in early 2012, it was nonsense. Mm. <laughs> but I just kept learning, right? Like you yeah. take stock of what works and you're like, oh shit, that actually worked. I'm going to do more of that. Showing up in Facebook groups, like getting involved in within the communities that are aligned with what you want to do. So if you are like I don't know if you teach public speaking like I would probably want to join a group that is for public speakers or people who want to learn how to get over the fear of public speaking or if you are a dog trainer like I would be joining a lot of pet groups or dog training groups or anything like that you know like just getting involved in the communities that you kind of want to start showing up in is a great first start no one's saying that you need to have all your products sorted and your opt-ins created and like all of this exposure. It's just like a series of baby steps that build momentum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's so hard to see because what I think, even if you're a few or a couple years in, you see all the things that a company or a group like yours is doing and you think, oh yeah, they have that opt-in. And then I think, let's talk a little bit about like that difference. I know you guys have a recent podcast episode where you talk about the lessons of that Kai has taught you, your Mm -hmm. son. And you guys talk a lot about the difference of being, of running a business versus a business running you. And if you would dive in, because I think that thing where people get all busy with like, oh, I've got to set up all my auto responders and I need to have a, you know, X number of people on this. But that's like, that almost gets in the way. I mean, it's necessary, but you can get, 
so overwhelmed and obsessed with it that oh, yeah. it, it takes you away from, wait, this is a business that's making money, not like, I don't know, a content machine that's not making money. Well, and I think in the beginning, we have certainly been guilty of this is we overcomplicate. We think that we need to have everything firing on all four cylinders. That's absolutely not the case. Here's what you need to get started. A website, you know, <laughs> like not yeah. even one that's professionally designed, like a very simple website. You need an email opt-in with ideally one follow-up email minimum. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe one social profile to begin with and some content ready to roll. I literally think that's all you need to get started. And then from there, the most important thing is traffic. Like that's where you need to start focusing your time and energy is like not only creating your own content that is perfectly aligned with like the people you want to actually attract to your brand, but getting on other people's platforms that are aligned with what you have to say and sell. That's Mm -hmm. the most important part because attention straight up is the currency online. Like if you have it, it's so much easier to sell things. It's so much easier to build an email list. It's so much easier to get the word out there. So much easier. But that stuff takes time and it takes effort and getting on other people's platforms. But traffic is the backbone of any successful brand. It just straight up is. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It, that's true. I mean, having worked as a marketing project manager, like, yes, like, most of the game, especially when you get into really big brands, truly is traffic. And then it's mm-hmm. the conversion point of, you know, maybe one to 5% of people, like they'll convert and then they'll yeah. buy. Like, and so yeah. even like it's that, yeah. And I think some of it's relationships when you're smaller, obviously too, but yeah, unless you've got the traffic, you also aren't going to be able to start building the relationships. Yeah. I'm like, when we talk about building relationships, like I feel like a lot of people are like, how do I get to the like Amy Porterfields? But mm-hmm. I'd be really focusing on connecting with people who are where you are in the beginning and like coming up together. You know what I mean? Like you see yeah. these like almost like surges of entrepreneurs who come up together. You know, there's like the Pat Flynn's, Amy Porterfield's, James Webmore, Melanie Duncan, DSG, Stu McLaren kind of crew, right? Like mm-hmm. all of them are buddies and they all came up together. Who are those people in your space or just in adjacent spaces that are at the same level as you that you guys can like, jam and talk shop and build each other up and all come up together, right? You all build success together, essentially. So you're there as like peers and colleagues and you can help each other out and you can bounce ideas and you can talk shop and you can connect and feel less lonely. I'd focus on, on those people first, get things rolling and then aim for the stars with like whoever you want to connect with. But that stuff takes time as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, totally. Usually takes you forking out some cash to get to either the events that they're at or joining some of their stuff to connect with them. Yes. Oh, and this is so refreshing because I think a lot of people, I mean, some of the, you know, I'm, I'm in the coaching circles more or less. And like, we can see that like there's groups of coaches that have come up together. Right. And, and we inherently know that, okay, well, if we stick together and we support each other, like we see them supporting each other, well, mm-hmm. then are we the next set of coaches rising, right? Yes. Like, <laughs> and I, I, it's interesting because I haven't heard anybody else talk about it. So thank you for bringing it up. Well, it's just like this little weird web celeb, like <laughs> yes. little space that we're all in. That is such a like weird vibe to it, but it's just the way things are. I don't know why, but. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, and also the really frank fact of like, you're going to have to invest both the time and the money to get to get noticed. I mean, it's just, it's not something that just happens. It can just happen. Probably some people do, but that's more than the exception than the hard work and the the putting in the dues and the time. We invested in ourselves and our businesses to put ourselves around the people that we want to connect with. I think some of what we're talking about is networking. Mm -hmm. And are there a couple of really key, maybe larger events or even some smaller events that you think are approachable for kind of somebody that's starting out or is in that first you know, one to three years that you would recommend? Well, I cannot not pimp my own event through the nine mm. to five live. Yeah. Perfectly aligned for that. But like outside of that, I would say probably podcast movement. I mean, I've never been to it, but I've heard so many good things. I want to go to it next year once I don't have a newborn. Right. Um, <laughs> traffic and conversion. I mean, it's a bit more high level, but there's so many great people that go to that social media marketing world. It's mm-hmm. a huge conference, but if you don't mind that kind of stuff, there's always great people there. What else? I mean, oh, James Wedmore's events, like he's so good at running events. I know a lot of it's for his courses and his coaching groups. But if you ever choose to join one of his things, like going to his events are great. What other ones have I been to? I mean, I love mastermind talks, but it is certainly not for those who are just starting out because it's like $8,500 per person yeah. <laughs> to attend. But stuff like that, like just finding out what's a big event in your space, you know, like in the entrepreneurship space, there's so many different events that just like cherry picking the ones that you think you'll get the most out of Mm -hmm. both content and people wise is a good, it's always a good option. Yeah. Well, and I think it also raises your game when you step into that space of presenting yourself as, hi, I'm an entrepreneur. This is what I do. For mm-hmm. one, that's amazing to be in that space where you can communicate that to other people. But it it also, you start to see what other people are doing. And then that question of, oh my gosh, what am I, who am I going to become as an entrepreneur starts to become a little bit clearer. You see more people doing interesting things and you're like, oh, I love that. Instead yes. of you worrying about, oh, I have to create a niche, but I don't know how. <laughs> like, which stops you dead in your tracks if you try and figure it out backwards. It's so true. It's yeah. so true. Well, so I know you have also, so you mentioned your son and that kind of, and I had this exact same experience. I mean, my son is seven years old, but when he was born, and I think Pat Flynn talks about this on his show too, but like it changes everything. And in some ways it like helps you hyper-focus on like time management becomes a whole different ball game. Do you want to, I don't know, share some of those takeaways that you've had of like, okay, how do you, how has it changed how you approach your business? Oh my God. Well, first (laughs) I give way less Fs. (laughs) Right. That's number one. That's the biggest change I've noticed is I give a whole lot of less Fs because before I was so concerned with what felt like everything. So I prioritize nonsense. Now I prioritize only the things that move the needle. And I've really let a lot of stuff go, which is feels like a breath of fresh air, to be honest. Because yeah. I, I used to wear this badge of like, well, I'm the one who gets shit done in the business. So I have to like work until my eyes bleed. Now I very much want to make time for Kai and like Friday Kai days. I know we're shooting this oh. on a Friday, but that's very much a thing that we try to implement. So Friday Kai yeah. days is our day with him. And then so three day weekends so that we can be present with him because that's why we're all working to build these lifestyles and these businesses, right? Is so that we have time to spend Mm -hmm. with the ones we love. 
but truly the laser focus and really upgrading our team. So we just hired a really rocking integrator. She's amazing. Her name's Nikki and her coming in and really like serving as our number two or like the backbone of our company has been wildly helpful. And then again, just like staying laser focused on the stuff that actually moves the needle and not messing with the shit that doesn't need to be messed with. Like if one of our favorite quotes that our coach Jim Fortin always says is like, 80% is success, 100% is failure. So like 80% perfect is more than good enough, right? You don't need to always tweak and finagle and like obsess over the small details until something's perfect Mm because that's what he considers a failure is when you like waste your time on that unnecessary shit that no one notices. So that's been a big thing that we've always kept in mind since Kai's come around is like, okay, done is better than perfect. Let's get it out and iterate after that. And let's just focus on what actually moves the needle in our business. That's been the biggest one. And like hiring offline support, truthfully, like a house cleaner, a nanny. Now, granted, right now I have my mother-in-law here and she's here till July. So she's here for two months. So we call her granny the nanny. Um, (laughs) But once she's gone, hiring a nanny. Yeah. (laughs) Meal delivery, that kind of stuff. Like what can you do in your offline life that allows you the time and the space to not only build your business and gain serious traction with it, but actually spend time doing things you like and like living this thing we call life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I know, I mean, from the work mommy standpoint on my own thing was one of the big hard things was like allowing myself to use childcare. If that's a funny way mm-hmm. of putting it, but like there was all that guilt uh, that I self-imposed, but that like, <laughs> realizing, hey, giving myself a little space to work on the things I need to work on. And also it's good for my son to have experiences that are not, not with me. Like mm-hmm. he learns to trust other people. He, you know, he's learning life lessons, even as, as when he was an infant of like, it's okay. And other people can also, also allowing other people to love him was <laughs> big for me, but like, you know, yeah. I think it's, it's interesting how that is a lesson all in itself. I love that. This is kind of similar to one of the things we already talked about a little bit, but what advice do you have from someone who is in that like space of, I want to start a career that can provide me with a lot of freedom, but I don't know how to make it happen. Like, I think there's a mindset, I guess. And that's the question I'm asking about is like, I think you guys have hit a couple or even three or probably lots more, but like mindset shift phases where like Mm -hmm. when you went from, hey, we've got this business, but we really want to be able to live in Thailand. And that's Mm -hmm. almost a mindset shift, right? And then like, how do we shift again now that we have a kid? Like, how does somebody go from that initial shift where they know they want kind of a lifestyle that they can have freedom with, they don't really know where to start. And they feel like I've got to keep my nine to five because that's what I know. So I think what would be the mindset shift? I mean, not giving an F would be one of them. (laughs) I love it. Yes. Doing your own thing, like not being afraid to take charge of your life and create the kind of lifestyle you actually want. Now, do I think that everyone should just go burn the boats and quit their job? No. (laughs) I absolutely think you either need to have a runway or a business that's making money and has replaced at least 80% of your income, right? Like, Mm -hmm. don't go be reckless and irresponsible if you have financial things that you got to pay, debt, mortgage, whatever it is, loans. But I really think just like the key shift when you're just starting out is like really going from employee mindset to entrepreneur mindset. And Mm -hmm. to me, that means developing strong habits around consistency, 
commitment, responsibility, and like really staying self-motivated, right? Because when you're on your own, when you first quit your job, you're like, oh my God, I'm going to sleep in. No alarm clocks allowed. I'm just going to like chill out. But I actually think it's useful, especially in those first few months or even that first year to kind of keep the same schedule you had with your job, right? Because mm-hmm. you're so conditioned in that working routine. And in your first year, you're going to have to work to get it off the ground. Like it's not like, oh my God, we set up an opt-in and a website and things just worked. Right. It's absolutely not the case, especially not now. So just developing that habit around like a consistent work routine, I think is key there. And then like not being afraid to do things your way and not being afraid to put yourself out there. I think one of the biggest mindset hurdles a lot of people come up against, I know Josh and I absolutely came up against this, was the fear of being judged. Like my biggest fear was like, oh my God, what happens if someone calls me out? You know, like what happens if they make me like prove it? Like that was my (laughs) biggest fear on any webinar we ever did on anything, anything ever, a Facebook (laughs) live, a podcast episode. My biggest fear would that would be someone chirping me in the comments and being like, oh yeah, prove it. And I'd be like, oh, I, what, what do I do here? Um, <laughs> but once you realize, oh, I actually don't give a shit if people chirp me or if they judge me, that has no weight on my life. And it's not on me to to change their mind. Like once you develop that kind of mindset around the no longer being, having a fear of being judged, I think that kind of shit sets you free in the beginning because a lot of people worry about putting themselves out there. And then from going from like bootstrapping to growth, at least the fears I've come up against was like, oh my God, I'm responsible for people's lives. You know, Mm -hmm, like I'm responsible for paying their financial life or like just the more responsibility in general and having to be a leader and not just like working in the business. Okay, now I have to step up or sorry, step back and actually lead people. We have to train them. We have to give them direction. We have to give them constructive criticism. We have to build them up. We have to take care of their life KPIs rather than just always their work KPIs. Mm -hmm. Now, there's so many things that it's never ending. Like your growth is never ending when you're in entrepreneurship. I think it's just like your ability to stay cool with change. If I were to sum it up in one thing, like if you can stay comfortable with the uncomfortable... (laughs) then you'll, you'll do all right. Yeah. (laughs) And like, yeah, don't worry if one day you sit around and you day drink, because I've definitely had those days where you're like, you know what? This sucks. I hate everything about this. And I'm just going to pour myself a strong drink right now at 3 PM. Or if you have a moment where you ugly cry, like all of that stuff is totally normal. You're not doing it wrong. It's just like the rate of change when you're an entrepreneur is so fast that in the beginning, it feels uncomfortable. But as you get more used to it, you're like, oh, I know exactly what's going on right now. I just got to like, kind of allow this to unfold and like, just do the best that I can at any given moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's that thing of trusting that like, yeah, shift and change and all that happens. And I know who I am when Mm -hmm. all of this, when that all starts to occur. Because once you know who you are, and that you'll be fine on the other side, then it's like, yeah, I can I can weather this. I got it. Once you know your own reaction to like being in the midst of change or something hard or whatever it is, like it's scary the first time, but then once you rip the bandaid off, there's only one first time. Exactly. And everything gets easier after Mm -hmm. that, you know, like, and what's the worst that could happen? That's what I always love to look at. Okay. Well, what's the worst that could happen if this actually went down? 
Yeah. You know, like usually not that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and I think that's the scariest part, right? Is like, what happens if it all falls apart? Maybe that's the big mindset shift even I've seen in myself is, okay, I've done it long enough. If it falls apart, I could go get it nine to five. Or, or if it falls if apart, you could start again because you know how to make money online. And the minute you know how to make a dollar online, like mm-hmm. you've got yourself a repeatable skill set. So you'll always be able to take care of yourself as long as you put in the work because you know exactly what to do. And so even if the house were to burn down and your business just crumbled, you now know how to build a business online. You can just go do it again. And there's so many ways to make money online outside of just like courses or coaching. Like mm-hmm, yeah. there's affiliate income, there's e-com, there's drop shipping. There's so many things. You know what I mean? Like there's paid webinars. There's like you're really limited by your own creativity there. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. Well, and it does, it feels like starting out, people might get like, they think there's one way, but that one, once you blow the, what, the doors off the that bar, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, no, there's a lot of different ways. Yeah. yeah that's one of the reasons I love smart passive income, obviously the podcast and Pat Flynn, if you guys listening, don't know him, please go listen. There's lots of ideas there. Yeah. If you're like, Oh really? How else? And you're like, and I just actually love smart passive income. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, cool. Do you want to explain a little bit about like the screw you, which is you, Mm -hmm. your like group, right? And what do you guys do in there? And (laughs) (laughs) yeah, because it's not like, it's not like screw you, like you yourself. (laughs) It's screw university. So we're not like, screw you. But yeah, it's our monthly membership community. So it's where we house all our coaching courses and community. So it's essentially where we help entrepreneurs feel less lonely, build the skills they need to really take their business to the next level or get it off the ground if they're just starting out. And it's where we really connect and build each other up and support each other, give feedback. We co-work together. We do live calls. We have Q&A. We have a mindset coach in there. There's so many different things that go down and screw you, but it's essentially like our cyber home for all things, courses, coaching, and community. Mm, so good. Because I, what, there's something really special that happens when people who are all kind of at the same level, I mean, not just even the, like, you rise up together thing that we were talking about, mm-hmm. but there's something, what, especially when you're an entrepreneur and maybe you don't have that as and there's an example of that in your life elsewhere, like finding other people that are doing it. I don't know if you want to talk about that, but like there's magic that happens. For sure. I remember before we ever moved to Thailand, that's why we moved to Thailand because it's known for having a huge digital nomad, digital entrepreneur scene there. So like we moved across the world just to meet our people, you know what Mm, I mean? Yeah. But we felt so at home with them it incited so much growth. It gave us so many ideas. It allowed us to connect and talk about things that actually mattered to us versus listening to a whole bunch of nine to fivers who are frustrated with their life complain, which is what we were kind of dealing with in Toronto when we lived there back in 2011. We would just listen to people complain about things they could change, but just never took the time to change. So that was frustrating for us. But there's, there's true transformation when you surround yourself with people who get it and who are self-driven and motivated and inspiring and willing to do what it takes to actually achieve their dreams and change their life. Those are the people you want to be around because we entrepreneurs, we're a different breed. You know what I mean? We're a whole bunch of crazy people who are comfortable (laughs) with risk and like 
the ups and downs and the uncertainty and all of that kind of stuff. And not every single on our nine to fiver gets that, right? They're right. all comfortable with no change <laughs> and just having a comfy gig where they get a paycheck every two weeks and they know what to expect. Us entrepreneurs put our asses on the line and it's it's so pivotal to connect and surround yourself with people who are also of that mindset and can like give you feedback, help you see your blind spots and like really propel you forward and motivate you and encourage you. Like that stuff is key. Yeah. Yeah. Cause otherwise it's super easy to hear whatever the formative voices are in your head. And some of those are like, you'll never, you know, it's, it's a bunch of, I mean, inner critic, negative self-talk, but if that's, if you were brought up in a family or in a community where people just had nine to fives, then you don't have the script, <laughs> the internal transcript of like, oh yeah, this is how I can support myself. Or you don't yeah. have the natural like go-to for the answers. It's yeah. A mastermind in my case has been so pivotal to have no other people that I can be like, oh my gosh, can you believe what just happened? Yeah. Or, or like, have you ever dealt with this or how would you approach mm-hmm. this? Or You know what I mean? Like, I agree. This is the first year I haven't been in a mastermind because I had a human. So, um, (laughs) but I definitely miss it. The human thing is a game changer for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so is there, I don't know, anything else that you want to make sure, like, I don't know, any other big things that you see come up for entrepreneurs that you feel like doesn't get talked about enough? I really think a lot of people focus on building their brand on other people's platforms. I mean, not other people's. I definitely think you should do things like what we're doing, interviews, features, guest posts, that kind of stuff. But I'm talking about when people solely rely on like social media to build their brand and their audience and their their impact or their influence, I should say. I really think we need to switch that and focus on building our own assets, i.e. our own website traffic, our own email list, stuff that we own and is not, you know, flattened at the drop of one quick algorithm chain. I think that is something not a lot of people are talking about right now, but it is so damn necessary to, you know, know how to generate traffic and actually have it lead somewhere. So that's something that Josh and I have been really focusing on and really talking about and teaching is like, we come from a publishing background, right? Like we had all these websites that we got strictly organic free traffic through SEO from. And now we want to start teaching that more so that people know how to generate their own traffic so that they're not at the mercy of paying for Facebook ads, which are Mm -hmm. expensive AF and can be quite volatile. So really, like we have a free traffic workshop that we do every week that really walks people through how to do this. And it's just something we really believe in. Like if you can own your own traffic, you can do huge things and just really building your own assets so that your, your business is more safe in your hands rather than in in the hands of like some social media giant who right. they're yeah. watching their bottom line, not yours. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, if, if your traffic is, or, well, I get zero traffic from Instagram, although I love it. <laughs> but like, <laughs> if that's where your biggest following is, I mean, knowing, and this is not meant to be a fear based uh, thing, but like knowing that could go away anytime, yeah. but something like your email list, you pretty much own that and you can yeah. communicate to those people directly. Yeah. I don't know. Do you have one tip you can leave for like how to build traffic? Oh, yeah. Well, one of the easiest ways, of course, is like if I were to go through a content strategy, it would take me forever. And I don't know if you want me around that long. But (laughs) one of the easiest ways is to start doing this kind of stuff, like start taking your visibility efforts seriously. Start Mm -hmm. doing interviews for other people. Go through iTunes, hit new and noteworthy. Start reaching out to the interview based shows. 
and start pitching yourself for different topics that are aligned with what they talk about or doing guest posting. Like all you have to do is open up a Google search, take your niche. So for us, I would do something like marketing and then in quotes, write for us. Or I do like webinars, write for us, Facebook groups, write for us, online entrepreneurship, write for us, digital marketing, write for us. The key here is to have whatever synonym you're using, not in quotes, and then write for us in quotes. And what that'll do is it'll tell Google that you only want to see results from websites that are aligned with what you just said, like your niche specifically, and have the words write for us written somewhere on that page. Typically, that those words exist in the form of a link, which will take you to their submission guidelines page where you can start figuring out, okay, like how do I go about getting a guest post on this, on this website? That's going to start building your website traffic. It's going to give you links to your own website, which shows Google, oh, okay, this must be a high quality site because this site's linking to them, this site's linking to them, this site's linking to them. And so they start giving you you know, more preferred rankings rather than just like burying you on <laughs> page nine <laughs> of their search results. So all of that little stuff, like building your email list through interviews, features, guest posts building your links to your website and just like getting your name out there is one of the easiest ways you can do it. It's just people don't because they're nervous about putting themselves out there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it is scary, but I think the vulnerability is always worth it. It's one of my key takeaways is. Yeah. And it's only scary until you're used to it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I mean, I'll talk to anybody. <laughs> Me too. I would and I spend love my it. whole day doing interviews if I could. It's so much fun. It, it, it is really fun. So I think, yeah, that's, yeah, rip off the bandaid or whatever. Like we said earlier, it's only a first time, the first time, then it's easier. I love that. Yeah. Well, cool. So where can people find you? I have a couple last questions after this, but where Mm -hmm. can they find you? Anything that you are offering that's coming up that you think people would love? Yeah. Well, if you do want to learn how to grow your own traffic, one of the (laughs) easiest ways would be to attend our free workshop. So it goes down every Thursday. And it is over at screwthe9to5.com forward slash workshop. And then if you just want to hang with us in general, just go to screwthe9to5.com, which is our cyber home base. And that's all spelled out, no numbers. Great. I will link it up, of course. Oh, and another thing I just realized is if you want to hang around other entrepreneurs who get you, then just come join our free Facebook group, which is over at screwcommunity.com. <laughs> so great. I would be giggling all day. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. I love, I love a great name. Um, Cool. Well, so here's the last two. Where have you seen resistance come up in your life and how have you dealt with it? Mm, Mine was very much around, I had a real belief and ingrained belief that work equals money. Like Mm. you have to work hard if you want to make a lot of money. So that is something that I've recently been changing, but I had a lot of resistance around that because I was like, okay, well, prove to me that work doesn't equal money. Like I was such a a dickhead around that because (laughs) I had grown up with like hard work equals success. So that was a really hard or big time ingrained belief that I've had to get over. And then what was your other question? Oh, just how, how have you dealt with it? How did you? Right. I had a baby and he forced me to not work as much. (laughs) But truthfully, that allowed me to see, oh my God, I'm working a fraction of what I used to work. And yet our business is making more money, generating more, or sorry, more leads and is building more momentum than ever before because we're only focusing on the shit that works. So I'm not just 
working harder to make more. I'm just working smarter. So that has allowed me to see that like, oh, damn, that was actually right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think and money things always. I mean, that's a big one. I don't do you have a favorite? I'm reading You're a Badass at Making Money or Mm -hmm. by Jen Sincero. Do you have any other favorites that help with money? Money mindset. I love it's going to sound I hate the name of the book, but it's such a good book. It's Dollars Flow to Me Easily, (laughs) which (laughs) is so much more than just money manifestation. It's actually like really around the the mindset of just getting what you want. And then the follow up to that is his other book I really like named called Dissolve the Problem. Mm -hmm. That is one of my favorite ones. Yeah. And then like I have business books I like, but around the mindset piece, dissolve the problem and dollars flow to me easily are two game changers. That's so cool. Yeah. Money, money mindset is, is rough. And then my last question that I ask everybody is what are three ways that you can think of to jumpstart joy in your life, in the world or in other people's lives? One of my favorite ways is, I I mean, this is probably different for everyone, but I love (laughs) nothing more than if I'm feeling like I'm in a bit of a funk or if I just want to feel a bit more joy, always go for walks. Like I love walk and talks. Those are my favorite, either whether we strap Kai onto us in the baby Bjorn or we take him in the stroller or we leave him with granny the nanny. One way I always feel more joyful is after a big long walk. Another way, upgrading your circle. I really think that's a big one. If you're surrounded by people who just make you feel like shit, you're never going to feel joyful. So really putting a lot of emphasis around who you hang out with and what they're doing and if they want the same things. That's a big one for me. And then keeping an attitude of gratitude. That's that's a huge one. Like really being grateful for what where you're currently at and excited for where you're going. That one has been huge. So like every morning, I'll always say thank you for to certain things that I love in my life, or even the challenges. I remember we were going through a really hard time last year. And I really took a minute to be like, you know what, I'm grateful for this, because I know that this torture (laughs) is going to be over sooner than later. Mm -hmm. And once I'm through it, I know I'll come out with like a whole bunch of lessons that were pivotal for me to learn. And now being on the other side of it, I'm like, damn, that hurt at the time, but I'm so grateful I went through it. Yeah, yeah. Gratitude is so powerful because it's almost hard to be stressed if you can get truly into gratitude. Like, right? Yes, there's not I room agree. for anything else. Yeah. Mm. I so agree. Otherwise, you're just muddying the waters. Yes. Mm, Jill, this has been so good. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a good conversation. Jill, thank you so much for being on the show and for sharing so many amazing and actionable tips with all of us about what it takes to start up and build an online business. I think it's it's so helpful to have these conversations because there's a lot of information out there and it's always great when someone can distill it down for us. So thank you so much. If you want to find out more about Jill or Screw the 9 to 5 or Screw You, which is of course her community, you can find the show notes for this episode at jumpstartyourjoy.com forward slash Jill Stanton. There'll be a resources piece at the very bottom of that post that will take you out to all of Jill's links online. And while you're there, of course, if you are considering starting a podcast of your very own, which I highly recommend, (laughs) I'm coming up on 
almost the fourth year of this. I would love to have you enroll in my podcasting fundamentals e-course. It is completely free. You'll get all of my recommendations for hardware and software. And you can find that link from jumpstartyourjoy.com and the top navigation under classes, you will find podcasting fundamentals. Next week on the show, you guys, I am so thrilled to be doing a look back lesson with the interview that I did with Andrea Owen on her book, How to Stop Feeling Like Shit. And you guys, I love this conversation so much. Andrea is such a powerhouse and she has such a great way of providing no nonsense yet very supportive coaching and advice around how to stop feeling like shit. I know you're going to love this conversation, and so I hope that you'll come back next week for that. And until then, I hope that your days are filled with so much joy.